a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Jake and Ben, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson. All right, Ben, we have some Ute news, and we'll get back to the Jazz as well. But uh, Devin Lloyd has been named first-team AP All-American this morning. There you go. He can uh, possibly be a unanimous All-American. We're still waiting on sporting news and the AFCA. Sporting news seems to have a little bit of a West Coast bias, right? So I think they will probably get there. Uh, I bet he ends up. I bet he ends up as the ninth consensus All-American. He should. Absolutely. He's great. Yeah, he's unbelievable. And he's going to be a first-round draft pick, which, again, Utah needs to parlay into more success. Uh, but it sounds like uh, that should be the case coming up with, hopefully, linebackers. I think if you're a Utah fan at the National Letter of Intent Day coming up on Wednesday. So. It's amazing how good he's become. He yep. deserves a ton of credit. And uh, another player, we we were talking about uh, Urban and, and basically accidentally getting Alex Smith and uh, picking Brett Elliott. You know, Devin Lloyd was one of those guys. Yep. He was, I don't want to say buried on the depth chart, but kind of. Not the most exciting person when you landed him on uh, NLI Day. But uh, got an opportunity. Later. Yeah, a couple years later, he's the best player on the field. He was good when he got his opportunity, enough to you know earn that spot. But then he deserves all the credit in the world from going from good to great. No I question mean, about it. Working on his body, he's bigger, stronger, faster. I mean, he's obviously incredibly intelligent. I mean, how many tip-to-himself interceptions did he have this year? Three? I mean, it's pretty amazing that you know, clearly he always understood the game, and the linebackers really have to be kind of the smartest players on the field, at least the smartest players on the defense. But he was playing wide receiver, you know, whatever, wherever you were going to put him. Like, he was probably on the field because he was super athletic, and he really knew the game well. He was just in the wrong spot, and his body didn't project immediately in high school as a, you know, NFL-worthy right. middle linebacker. <laughs> and now that's exactly what he's turned into. So uh, good for him. That's just so much work. And then Utah's coaching staff for recognizing it. You know, we talked about where Kyle Whittingham's advantage is or where he's created his niche, niche, niche. What do you say, Ben? Niche. Niche. Um, seeing what could be. Yeah. And uh, Devin Lloyd, another example of that. How, how funny would that be to see, you know, just some string bean safety and be like, you know, well, Devin Lloyd wasn't a safety, but, you know, I think uh, we put about, you know, 70 pounds on you. You can be defensive end. Look at Paul Kruger. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Nate Orchard. Uh, it's surprising how few players Wit has whiffed on doing that. There's not a lot of situations mm. where he's moved guys around. There's been a couple of guys that they've toyed with, like as a defensive end or a tight end, and they're just like, you're so big. You're 6'3", 6'4". You're freakishly athletic. I don't know if you can catch the ball, but also maybe you don't have the toughness to play defensive end. Like There's, there's a couple of guys that feels like they've tried to figure out exactly where to put them that have gone on to have success elsewhere, but it's not a lot. It's not a lot of guys. It's more like they struggle passing the ball to the receivers or getting the ball to the receivers enough to go, else, go elsewhere and have success. 
That's far more common. There's examples of Witt moving players and they haven't liked it. Sure. Oh, no one wants like, to go from wide receiver to defensive back. Well, look at Corbin Laux, who right. was a quarterback, right. switches to safety because Witt's like, you're not a quarterback, yeah. you're a safety. Right. And then he says, I'm not having it, I'm out of here. Right. And then he ends up playing. Goes to Nevada to play back. safety. <laughs> <laughs> Life's tough, man. Life's tough. <laughs> oh, man. He moved another – what was that? Um, wasn't he a quarterback uh, who moved a linebacker? Martinez? Probably. Several. I mean, Utah's done yeah. – I mean, he's done that specifically with quarterbacks. A lot. Quarterbacks are the – other than wide receiver going to defensive back, there's no more dangerous position than playing quarterback at Utah. My, my, you might end up in the NFL as a linebacker if you're not careful. My uh, my favorite example of him flipping uh, quarterbacks was Chase Hansen because sure. he knew Chase was going to be so good that he let Chase pretend for multiple years that he was going to be a quarterback. While it was like four, right? Because didn't Chase go on a mission <laughs> yes, in between? He yes. came in as a quarterback, went on a mission after he redshirted, came back still as a quarterback. It was like, I can wait you out. I, Serious. I promise I can wait you out. <laughs> Chase Hansen is still in the NFL, right? I think he's still on the Saints roster. Yeah. Well, injuries were his issue. It was yeah. never uh, uh, physical or being able to play. I mean, yeah. he was electric when he was on the field. That's right. for sure. But I love that because Witt knew all along he was going to be a great linebacker. He didn't want to lose him, right? You don't want to. You don't want a Corbin Lauchs on your hands. So it's like, yeah, you take your time working at that quarterback position. <laughs> you let me know when you're ready to dominate. Yeah. Chase is still in the NFL. Still plays for the Saints. Anyway, so Devin Lloyd, All-American. He's going to be a consensus All-American. Yep. He's really good. I mean, in a league with Kayvon Thibodeau, you made it a no-brainer yeah. for Defensive Player of the Year. Without there being I, – and this is not why he Devin Lloyd's moving up. Like He's not the best of a bad crop. It is not the best year for linebackers we've ever seen across the NFL, you know, historically. but Or I should say across college football. But Devin Lloyd belongs in that conversation. He's going to be a great NFL player, too. And he bought Witt a year to turn over the defense. Yep, he did. Which is pretty amazing. Huge. That they won the league in a year where they haven't had their best defense because it was a bunch of young players because they're turning it over. And he was so good that uh, he still probably Utah had oh, arguably the best defense in the league. Yep. And uh, yep. they won the league. Yep. So. No. Massively important. We talk about guys who are important. You know, a bridge is what you're talking about. Devin Lloyd. He's a bridge until next year where the defense is going to be right. really good again. Uh, but he got you there this year. Very much what Kyle Vannoy did at BYU for a couple seasons. Which should buy that guy dinner? Give him $10,000. How about a little thank you? $10,000 Make sure you get him a Christmas gift. Just a little something to say, hey, bud, appreciate you. We appreciate you. You. <laughs> you made this year easy on me. We won the league in a year where me as a defensive uh, coach didn't have my best defense and still was able to have a great defense and win the league. Thank you, sir. Good time to have him. And, no, and you know what? Those freshmen, all those players getting experience, they're going to be really good next year. Yep. And you don't want to say they're not going to miss Devin Lloyd because how could you not? But I expect the defense to be just as good, if not better, next year. And Utah will probably be looking for some uh, linebacker help maybe in the transfer portal. You know, yeah, I we, think you we keep could, an eye on that. We can talk to our guy Trevor Allen about that, see what they have in the tank yeah. from a linebacker perspective. But, yeah. uh, you know. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see what happens at Oregon. It'll be interesting to see who players Get the Sewell brothers around. together? It wouldn't be bad for Utah, probably. <laughs> probably work out. You think? Probably help to have Noah Sewell. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, you just look at anybody. I mean, there's going to be players. I mean, the, the, the transfer portal is insane. It's just crazy. It's got to be hard to be a coach. It's got to be hard to be one of those players. Well, it'd be, you know, kids are going to leave Utah. After their best season. You're still going to have kids that enter the transfer portal from Utah who right. don't think that they're getting a fair shot. So, 
just a fact of life these days. Ben. Yep, yep. It's part of just it. how it is. And then if you can hit a home run with some transfers, you'll probably go out and get more. You know, you found Tavion Thomas. So next time, next time you're replacing a running back, you think, well, if this doesn't work out. I can always go grab somebody. Yeah. And with NIL, I can uh, pay them whatever they want. Do you want to talk about uh, BYU and the NIL deal for a little bit? Yes. Okay, okay. Let's, let's get to that, and then, and then we'll get to the Jazz. So here's my take on on seeing those reports that BYU could possibly be investigated. Ben, how can the NCAA change its longstanding policy on a dime, provide no framework whatsoever for their new policy, and basically just say, you figure it out, and then turn around and say, huh, you're, you're violating the policy, if I'm BYU, I'm like, what am I violating exactly? Right. You didn't tell us the policy. You just said, oh, you can do this now. If there was ever a year to push the limits, this was the year for BYU to do it. Because there are no limits. Because we don't know what they are yet. Yes. And you cannot reasonably expect the NCAA to come back and violently no. uh, you know, punish your school institute all kinds of whatever crazy uh, uh, punishments there could be for violating these rules. Like, nobody knows what the rules are. Clearly nobody knows what the rules are. So yeah, do as much as you can. And then if you have to dial it back, dial it back and blame it on the NCAA. But this first year, I mean, we've talked about it a lot this season, how that's maybe been BYU's biggest edge that they have over in-state programs, programs in the Big 12, programs in the West Coast in general. Like, that ability to do that is so unique for BYU. Go ham your first year. And if yeah, the NCAA comes up and slaps you on the wrist or says, "Hey, can't do that next year. You gotta you gotta drop those non scholarship athletes from getting the built bar deal." Fine, they're already on campus. You won. You did it right. But you cannot expect strong repercussions from the NCAA. Nor would it be fair for the NCAA to do it when, like you said, they've done it one way for a hundred years. Radically, they change in a weekend because of a Supreme Court ruling, and then they say, "Nah, you actually still can't do this. This is the right year for BYU to push the limits." And I'm glad they did it. It, the cat's out of the bag, Ben. There are no more limits. And the arrogance, by the way, of the NCAA or whomever to do, well, basically two things. Say, oh, but the university and the coaches can't be involved in lining up the deals. What? Right. You, you don't think that's going to happen? Correct. Are you crazy? Right. And then two, to basically say, yeah, but shoes are off limits is incredibly offensive. And I don't know why people are, are not more up in arms about that, to be honest, that the universities still somehow carve out a niche in the rules, niche in the rules yeah. for, for the sweetest plum. Yeah. Really? Right. And that is going to be the problem. That is going to be the case. That the NCAA is still going to protect their guys against your guys. And uh, pro- uh, unfortunately, against is the players that make the NCAA. That's who they're going against. The NCAA itself is going to go against the actual college athletes because, yes, the NCAA still wants that money from Nike or Adidas or whoever's paying the bills. So Kalani can't call his buddy at uh, – I don't know if Kalani's buddy is with the Bill Bar guy, but it's just our Whatever. example yeah. we're using. You call his buddy at Bill Bar and say, hey, why don't we get uh, some juice rolling for some of my players? It'll be mutually uh, beneficial. That is that is against the rules, I guess. But if the Bill Bar guy just kind of thought, you know what I'd like to do about it, the goodness of my own heart, maybe I should make a phone call. So the difference is is who initiates the phone call, whether it's against the rules or not. The the rules are over. It's over. Correct. I, and they will they will tighten up the edges a little bit. You know, they will clean up some of those rules on the very perimeter. But I think you're right. The chunk of it, the heart of it, the big money, you're not going to be able to change the much pay of it. for play stuff that everybody has been telling me is going on for years is now above board. Correct. 
and to pretend that it's not or threaten to punish because somehow uh, BYU didn't hide it well enough or something? I don't know. It's it's ludicrous. This is from Yahoo Sports. The BYU deal is a partnership with the protein bar uh, maker Built that provided compensation for every player of its football team. We have communicated with the NCAA concerning the Built Bar NIL arrangement. John McBride, BYU's Associate Athletic Director for Communications, told Sportico in a statement on Friday, they've informed us that they do not have any additional questions at this time. We will continue to monitor and abide by the NCAA interim NIL policy. And, of course, the best part about the Built Bar deal was that it was all the kids who were not on scholarship. It was everybody. Got scholarships. So those kids got taken care of as well. The other kids at BYU that were at the top that were getting the good deals were going to be getting the good deals regardless. And, by by the way, my opinion – that should be illegal because then you have more scholarships Correct. than you have everybody else. And more that's, scholarships. that's not how it's supposed to work. But they changed the rules, Ben. It is also goofy, though, that it's like you want to know who's not winning BYU a lot of football games is the last 20 kids on, this, on the roster. Like the kids that are benefiting from this the most, that are getting their school, their scholarships Agreed. paid for. Like this is the worst of the NCAA, which is like you are getting kids who are going to have to pay for their school otherwise. Like the top 80 kids don't have to pay for their school. That's a, by your argument, which is that players don't need to get paid because the scholarship is the payment, by your argument, like, those 80 kids are taken care of. The fact that Built Bar is stepping up for these other 20 kids and giving them a life-changing opportunity mm-hmm. that they are not, whatever, physically gifted or are physically gifted and it's just a numbers game, they didn't have the opportunity to get the scholarship and wanted to play at their dream school, like, this helps them the most of anybody. Sure. And it's not going to be the difference between BYU winning 10 games or winning 6 games. To punish those kids seems ultimately silly to well, me. Well, and of course your bleeding heart is going to have that opinion but it's also unfair if if alabama can have oh, 200 sure. scholarship sure. football players they right. will never lose again oh, it, it's honestly why ucl or usc i mean how many scholarships did they lose with the reggie bush stuff like that killed their program it was like 10 a year like those and 10 which may seem like well they still have the top it's 20 a ton. Guys. it's a ton it's a ton it's a ton so you're right those extra 20 scholarships if there's a kid who says well i can bypass an actual scholarship to come in and take one that's paid for me by this outside company yeah that's a big advantage for byu if you're getting better players at the bottom 20 that was not the case this year because those kids were already committed and playing it, at byu it will be a bigger advantage for other schools when they figure it out Going right forward. now byu's smarter correct. than everybody else correct but as soon as alabama says wow you you're telling me I can have 140 have, scholarships? Correct. Legitimately 100 scholarship players as opposed to 80, and we can get Alabama scholarship kids, which are better than the rest of the right. non-scholarship kids. Yes, that's a huge And advantage. maybe more importantly, you know where those players aren't playing? Somewhere else. BYU. You don't have to play Utah. against them. Yeah. yeah. You, you, so it, that's an incredible right. advantage. It, was it Dion Lake? Didn't he kind of he like kind of had a weird like quasi offer to Alabama and ended up playing corner at BYU? Like it's because Alabama probably didn't really offer him. Didn't have the scholarship. Didn't have a form. true scholarship. Like and if he right. did, it was like he was eighty four and you've got eighty three scholarships. And and by the way, kids uh, would be smart to go to Alabama regardless because with the transfer portal, once you have that on your resume, you're going to yeah. have a hundred schools banging yes. down your door. You're probably worth paying out of state for tuition for a year, right? At Alabama. Right. But if you can get it paid for, even better. No, I'm with you. Those last 20 scholarships, if it becomes your recruiting tool, is huge for BYU or anybody, but any it's, school. But it's unfair. It's the reason it's been illegal for Unless, all this right. time. But for the NCAA to pretend like, whoa, whoa, hey, Correct. hey, we we intended the, the players to benefit some, but we didn't intend that. Oh, hey. It's like, what? Well, you should have thought about that. Yeah, or you should have had those rules from the beginning. And that should have been one of the easy things. You should have walked through all the absolute contingencies that were there that could have gone wrong and they didn't because they changed it in a weekend even though they've had a decade and a half to prepare for this and so i guess to bring it full circle to byu 
if BYU were punished for this, that would be the most ludicrous thing ever. Now, if the, if the NCAA does what, what you're talking about, maybe they tighten around some of the edges or something. Maybe saying you can't have a, a blanket universal deal with everybody Correct. or I, – I don't know. Which, you, which is are, what I would suspect is going to happen. I, I don't know. But you can't punish BYU for being no, smarter I mean, than everybody else. You can't take away scholarships they already have. Yeah. Now, if you want to say, hey, Built Bar, you can't be doing that anymore or whatever company, you can't Miami, you can't have 20 additional scholarships paid for regardless of the player. That's not really name, image, likeness. That's, like you're saying, just this blanket offer of scholarships. That's not really a thing. Uh, I, I get why they could pull that away and why they would have an argument to doing it. They should have thought about that at the first place. But, though. I mean, all the while that I was arguing, Ben, that the name, image, and likeness, that the that signing some random college player to represent your card dealership is not going to they're, – they're not going to pay them to do commercials. They're going to pay them to play Correct. at the school. And everybody was like, no. Yes. No, they're, they're doing it right. because it, it brings value to their business. No, it doesn't. No. No, it doesn't. No. Now, again, I mean, I, I, knew a, I knew a girl who played basketball at Air Force who had a shady deal watering the, watering the lawn in a certain part of school for – like every Sunday, her job was to water the lawn. Yeah. And she was making money at Air Force, right. which should be the most above ground school. I think every football and program. And it was call, women's college basketball. Like Air Force was yeah. the worst team in yeah. the whack at the time. And they were, you know, getting. They had no show jobs. Yeah. And she had no show jobs. Right. Yes. Like, come on, guys. Like, we've already been doing this. You're right. It's not about, though, that, like, you're going to sell a better Chevy. Because the 85th guy on But the everybody's roster. pretending that. It, they, oh, this is capitalism. I mean, they're going to go out yeah. and market for that. And it's like, no, they're not. They're not. No, but what the, the company does get value in is now all of a sudden Built Bar is associated with BYU football. And the Correct. better that BYU football does, the, branding the more exposure they're buying that is they BYU. Get. Yes. It's not the player. Which is what's supposed to be against the rules because then you just give BYU your money and call it a donation. You're not supposed Correct. to pay the, the players. But now you, you, you take out all the limits, Ben. And a smart program or a smart university or smart company like Built Bar or whatever, they're gonna they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna do what they've uh, been prevented from doing for decades. But to balance this out with the bizarreness of how money works in college football, and uh, Scotty G actually tweeted this out uh, about an hour ago. Uh, he retweeted this. Steve Berkowitz, San Diego State punter Matt Ariza. Is it Ariza? Ar- I think it's Ariza. I don't ever know how to say it. Ariza? Ariza. He got, and it's not Ariza because I would have known it's Trevor. I think it's Ariza right. uh, who got whooped by Utah State in the Mountain West Conference Championship game. Remember, they call him the punt god. That's right. Uh, by winning first team All-American by the Associated Press, it gives Aztecs head coach Brady Hoke a $10,000 bonus and gives each assistant coach a bonus equal to 1% of their base salary. Uh, so that, that that amounts from 1000 up to 3200 bucks for their offensive coordinator like that's hilarious that That you have a player get first team all-american a punter which is like the least coachable job like you kind of either have it or don't have it (laughs) it and the coaches now every assistant plus brady hope brady hope gets ten thousand. the oc gets 3200 so the dc probably gets like 2800 and then every coach gets you know close to a thousand dollars on something so we're like talking about Probably $25,000 in bonuses you hand out because your punter made first team All-American and he doesn't get any of it is a hilarious bonus. That is hilarious. Like, just give the kid the money. 
It it and it always comes back to Mr. Burns on The Simpsons. Ben, I told him to do that. Correct. Guy goes out and eh, Tom Tom Hackett goes out and sticks it at the two. Wit, wits over there on the sidelines. I told him to do that. Wit gets to go to the Ray Guy Award <laughs> presentation. Uh, yeah, he like totally he does. did it. Like Wit was the one who said, "You know what you should do, Tom? Run around in the backfield." Kick it sideways and then drop the ball at the one-yard line. I wasn't telling the last guy to do it, but I told you when you did it. On three. Ready? Break. <laughs> so anyways, good uh, for uh, You, Strawberry, hit a home run. I told him to do that. Good for uh, good for Brady Hulk. Getting a little extra tension. Well, hopefully this punter gets a, gets well, a he's TV a, spot for a car dealership yeah, right. in San Diego. Figures out a way to make a living. He'll... Uh, He'll, he'll play in the NFL. That guy's going to be the best punter in the NFL for a long time, too. So good for him. <laughs> that is hilarious. You're right. That is funny. So, All right. Stay tuned. Top three stories at kslsports.com. Coming up next, Jake and Ben, 97.5 and 1280 of the zone. Jake and Ben, 97.5 and 1280 of the zone. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson. Time for your top three stories at kslsports.com. Brought to you today by our friends at Miki Couture. Uh, Miki Couture wants to help you this holiday season with a perfect gift. Stop by any location from Ogden to St. George. Mention Zone 50 and save 50%. It's a no-brainer. Get in today. Save 50%. Get the best gift ever from Miki Couture. All right, Ben. Should we get started? Let's do it. Megan, let's get started. All right, number one, Jazz Sweep four-game road trip win over the Wizards. And Ben are officially now the hottest team in the league. Yeah, seven wins in a row, uh, playing extremely high-level basketball. Clippers will be a tough uh, challenge coming in here on Wednesday, but the Jazz should be expected to win, I would, I would think. I would think three days off would probably do them well. But, man, it is, it is unbelievable how high of a level they are playing right now, considering where it felt like they were two weeks ago. Yeah, I mean, if you, you get into, you're a little bit more of a stat nerd than me, Ben, but if you get into the offensive rating and all that stuff, they're playing at actually a historic pace, Yep, which uh, is pretty amazing. And, you know, we thought uh, at times this year when the offense wasn't going like we thought, we thought, boy, what, what will this offense look like when they start making their threes? Well, we're seeing it. Yeah, we're seeing it. Last seven games, uh, 128.1 offensive rating, which means you score 1.28 points per possession. But that means basically, you know, you score every time down the floor. Defensive rating has not actually been that good, which is the little bit. If I was going to undercut what the team is doing right now, they're only 12th in the NBA in their defensive rating, 109.4. I'm sure if you cut out some of the junk time, the garbage minutes when they've been blowing teams out in the fourth quarter, that might go up a little bit. And I'm looking at the NBA stats. I know cleaning the glass will do that for you. But, uh, that, that might be the issue, because you really want to be a really good defensive team by the end of the season, and right now the Jazz are not a great defensive team, but they're okay. Uh, that would be my one concern, because if shot making goes away, you become an average team again. But right now they're not missing shots. How about this for a theory on that, Ben? As we talked about earlier, the first halves have not necessarily been yeah. the best, and then the Jazz clamp down in the second half, specifically the third quarter, and then the game's basically over. So maybe it's kind of selective defense you know what i mean Correct. it's it's when it's happening it's very good but it hasn't necessarily been consistent they who was it uh who'd they play why is it running together who'd they play before washington philly was it philly, philly that had a baller first quarter no it was minnesota well so did cleveland yeah remember darius garland came out and i had think had four threes right, in the first quarter right. like you've had a few games and even donovan mitchell said this after the cleveland game or maybe he said it before or after the minnesota game and he just kind of talked about the team's defense and he said, and he was trying to not call out Ricky Rubio, but he was calling out Ricky Rubio. He's like, you know, a couple of the guys who don't hit threes hit threes. Mm. Like, seven games is probably a small enough sample size 
where you could say, hey, a hot first quarter where a team scores 35 points because one player gets hot is going to change your defensive rating. But the most important thing ultimately is your net rating. Well, and the most important thing is your win and loss. That's yeah, the only right. stat that matters in basketball. Wins and losses, and the Jazz are perfect. 7-0 and over their last seven games. Their net rating, which is your offensive rating minus your defensive rating, is 18.8. That's the best in the league. And actually, it's uh, over the last seven games. And actually now the Jazz have the best net rating in the NBA. The differential uh, through all 26 games, they are at, uh, oh, I guess I guess looks like Golden State's overtaken them. Golden State's at 12. Jazz are at 11.3. Uh, Second place. Let's see here, Ben. Against Cleveland, the Jazz gave up 29 first quarter points. Against Minnesota, they gave up 33 first quarter points. And against Philly, they gave up 32. Yeah, so they've given up some big first quarters. You're probably right. It's not even garbage time on the back end. It's the front end of maybe coming out a little bit slowly. Which, uh, as Donovan Mitchell, the way he's been playing, though, which is totally a credit to him, he's lifted in the first quarter. He's been really good early in games when maybe there's something about this team that it takes him a few minutes to click in. Yep. And if he can, you know, get off to a hot start, then you give up 34 points to fill in the first quarter and it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, because Donovan is going to be the bridge we talked about. Guys yep. can be a bridge to get you to everyone being warm or Maybe it's by design. You say, hey, Donovan Mitchell, go out, ISO. You know, you can ISO. If you have all your highest energy for the first 12 minutes of the game, go ISO a team, beat them, bend their defense to a point where by the third quarter, they're so worried about you that Boyan's getting open shots, that Royce is getting open shots, that Mike's getting open shots. That could also be happening as well. It's crazy to look at the net ratings in the NBA right now. Golden State's number one at, at plus 12. Jazz are number two at 11.3. The third best team in the league is the Phoenix Suns at 6.6. So as far as just blowing teams out, uh, the Jazz are much more likely to blow teams out than the Phoenix Suns are, even though the Suns are uh, two and a half games better than the Jazz in the standings. All right, let's get to uh, story number two. Megan? Number two. BYU and Utah football teams come together to help those in need. Yeah, pretty cool. Uh, We had, I think, the only footage of KSL Sports last night. Andy Munoz went inside. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, very cool. Uh, Nick Ford kind of orchestrated this, and he's been doing a lot of this stuff throughout the season, specifically to uh, to benefit foster care. And uh, it's a cause that's near and dear to his heart. And personally, I I think one of the most um, uh, genuine selfless causes that uh, you could possibly you know, immerse yourself in. Yep. And uh, even though it's a rivalry, BYU, Utah all got on board to uh, come on and, and do some good. Yeah, Sunday Supper, formed by uh, Nick Ford, as you talked about, uh, to provide a Sunday dinner for families of Utah foster care, along with the athletes of Strong Foundation. Ford began serving dinners earlier this fall. He certainly has a passion for it, and you can see him. You know, it's funny. I- I've seen him. For what We must live in a similar area. Because I've seen him at the two grocery stores I go to. In fact, oh, yeah? I'm at another weird store that like, I was looking for. Did you say hi? I, I don't say hi to him. He hey! I don't say hi to him. It's he's, me. He's it's Ben. He doesn't know who Ben is. Uh, so, but I see him around, and he always has these huge shopping carts full of food. Yeah. Like, it, it can't just be for him. He's a big dude. Don't get me wrong. Like, he's keeping weight on so we can go play in the league next year. But he's buying stuff for other people. Like, it's really, you can tell, like, oh, he's out here doing something. Maybe that's why I see him at the grocery store so often, because he's buying groceries for other people. Uh, but Witt was there. Kyle or uh, 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 Kalani was there. Nick Ford was there. Uh, it's cool. That's a very cool uh, uh, example for, for Nick Ford to set. And you're right. You know, he's kind of a funny guy off the field. We know you can hear him right here on these airwaves with the DJ and PK, but 
Uh, good for him. He's doing. He's making a difference, and he doesn't even have money right now. And next year, he probably have a little bit of money because he's going to get drafted, and he'll he'll continue to help people on the field. He's gotten a tremendous amount better. He's really improved himself. He got some early opportunities, uh, Ben, and he's he's turned himself into a terrific football player and NFL p- uh, player. But you know what? I love inspired people. Yes, Nick is in inspired. Speaking of DJ and PK, listen to his interviews on Correct. on that uh, show, or or you know. Of course, you fans out there who have been paying attention to the program know exactly what I'm talking about. But he's just an inspired dude, and to generate, you know, is it to generate momentum behind this cause that would culminate with an event that brings two rival football programs together because of his energy, right? Is really impressive for sure. A really impressive man. You know what? This community is better off because Nick Ford yep. spent some time in it, which I think is – I don't know uh, how many people can say that. And, and No, we need people can. like that. We yep. need people like Nick Ford. Good for him for having the selflessness and the – you know, the, I mean the mindset to think that it's possible. And, yep. and, you know, he's making a difference already. Because, you know, Ben, you know who I'm thinking about 99% of the time? This guy. Jake Scott. <laughs> you know, the Jake Scott Show. You know who Nick Ford is thinking about? Everybody else. Foster kids. Yeah, right. On Sunday night. <laughs> you know, the Taking kids. care of them. <laughs> the next generation yep. who are the most vulnerable he wants to help out pretty darn amazing very cool alright let's uh, move on to the next one number three ending coaching rumors BYU signs Kalani to new extension I, you missed the, the right word there that's unprecedented extension <laughs> need to make sure and get that in <laughs> it's too long honestly it's too long to put in the headline of a story even digital did too you long know to put that in. the coaching staff of BYU was a volunteer position until uh, until this happened Ben <laughs> I, had no, I had no clue <clears throat> no idea uh, I bet you everyone else in the state doesn't like hearing that word no. Because it's so vague, you don't know what it means, right. and now everyone has to say we're doing something unprecedented. unprecedented. <laughs> well, this is unprecedented at Weber State. Yeah. Like, uh, that's that's funny. Thanks, yeah. Tom Holmo. Thanks for putting that, that, that we have to do something we've never done and before. And some vague, no dollar figure either, where, you know, it could be, he, Kalani could be making 15 bucks an hour, and yeah. it's like, yeah, hey, unprecedented. It used to be 11. Unprecedentedly low. Yeah, Listen, if you're BYU and you found your guy, take care of him because there aren't a whole lot of guys out there that are BYU guys and can succeed there for a variety of really good reasons. So if you found him, take care of him. Yep. Like all those years Lavelle was coaching there, BYU should have been paying him whatever he wanted. And just because he's a saint, you know, they got away with not doing it for years and they got to step up and do it. I mean, BYU let Norm Chow go for crying out loud. Yep. Norm Chow. Right. No other offensive coordinator in the history of college football has coached as many Heisman Trophy winners as Norm Chow. But BYU was like, you know what? We're not going to pay it. Yeah. See you, Normie. Like, I know there were other reasons, by the way, he left. But you get the point. No, you got Kalani. You, you've got your winner Do in what your you backyard. Hold on to him as long as you can. And you're going to have success with him. And, you know, Kalani's never done anything but show he can succeed and build a team in the right direction. And now he's finally getting his guys, which, you know, Bronco had very good players, too. But... Kalani's getting his guys. There's a huge belief in that program. It'll be curious to see what type of talent they end up bringing in on Wednesday uh, on National Letter of Intent Day and what this team continues to look like. But, I mean, going into next season, 10 wins should be the expectation. Like, that's how good Kalani is. That's where that program is. They're going to start as a top 25 team because most of their players come back next season. So there's going to be a huge expectation for them to be good once again. And how fun is it that Every, I mean, Utah is a top 25 program in the country. I mean, which just got them at that pro, at that level. you got a quarterback coming back. You've got a running back coming back. The defense is going to be better. You know Utah is going to be probably the favorite to win the Pac-12 again next season. But 
Klein, he's got BYU in that mix, not to win the Pac-12, but you know, to be a, a top twenty-five, top twenty-five program. team, if not better. Yeah, and right. that's incredibly exciting. And then what's going on at Utah State as well? So uh, we're lucky right now to have this type of coaching talent in the state. It's it's bizarre that we've carved out this little niche. That's the word we've been using most. Word of, of the all. day. Word of the day is niche. Uh, this little haven for great coaching and great success in college football in a state that could just as easily be atrocious. Okay, on-air brainstorming, Ben. Maybe we could have a word of the day word that we try day. to wedge in to throughout as the show. We and we could get Megan to have a some sort of sound effect to to mark said word of the day. Did you ever watch Pee-wee's Playhouse growing up? Yeah. They would have the word of the yeah. day and there'd be a big celebration uh-huh. every time they said it. So that's it. Something go get like the old P- go watch a bunch of old episodes of Pee-wee's Playhouse. Go find them, Megan. This is your duty. It's your job after work today. And figure out how they celebrated. We'll, uh, we'll celebrate this. I feel way. like this would be a challenge for us, Wholesome too, to figure sound. out a way to, to mix in the word of the day. Although, niche has been remarkably easy today. <laughs> All right. This isn't on top three stories at KSLsports.com, but it is breaking news nonetheless, and it is not a positive breaking news story. No. Adrian Wojnarowski reporting the NBA has postponed the oh. Bulls-Pistons game uh, tomorrow and the Bulls-Raptors game on Thursday. That's good, though. Well, the Bulls are having a, a, a they have COVID nineteen outbreak. Players in the protocols. Yeah, they can't. Ten. They can't feel the team. You can sign players now. That you you get special exceptions to sign players. You can bring them up for your G League or wherever you want to. So they could technically have fielded eight players tomorrow night if they wanted to. Was it Miami? Is that what you said? Or, or whoever? This, Detroit. Uh, Detroit. Detroit. Mm-hmm. Like all you're doing is putting Detroit at risk now because it's broken out in Chicago. Like yeah, just. Cancel a couple of games. Just cancel them. If you have to suspend them, fine, but you can just cancel them. I just go winning percentages at the end of the year. Like, what you don't want to do is get Detroit sick because then Detroit's going to get everyone sick and then Toronto's going to get everyone sick. And are, they're probably going to Toronto. Maybe it's not. Maybe so. But, like, you can't go to Toronto right now unless you have or your boosters. Like, they're not letting anybody in right now to Canada. So, smart to, to, to suspend these. They actually probably waited too long to postpone these games. They probably should have done it when seven guys had it or eight guys had it. Uh, unfortunate. A little bit of a black eye, but they should have done it actually a couple of weeks ago, if not a week ago. I'm fine with him postponing it because you got to make that revenue up. You got to put it on TV. You got to do all that sure. stuff. Sure. But I, I'm with you. I mean, why don't don't turn a bad situation into a worse one? You yeah. can adapt. It's not hard and fast. No. I'm sure no. ESPN will find a different game to put on on Thursday and everybody's going to be well, happy. And you know what? There are games that every year – the NBA doesn't really play where you could schedule a game if you wanted to. You can play on Christmas Eve. The NBA doesn't do a heavy schedule on Christmas Eve. Uh, you can do the same night. There's the college or the uh, the men's national basketball championship for in in college basketball. Or coming in and out of All Star break, you yeah, probably like, do some. You like can that find too. games. Yeah, right. you can find games to play these, and it's not going to be a huge deal. Or they're doing uh, home back to backs against the same team, right? Just do that. Yeah. You don't have to play back to back to back to back either. You know, you can find ways to get out of it. But here, look, I've got their injury report pulled up. On basketball reference. I mean, it's it's hilarious. Troy Brown, DeMar DeRozan, Ayo DeSumo, uh, Javante Green, Stanley Johnson, Derek Jones, Zach Levine, Matt Thomas, Kobe White, and Patrick Williams. Oh, no. Patrick Williams has a wrist injury. So everyone I mentioned other than Patrick Williams is in the health and safety protocol. That's everybody. That's your whole roster. So you have nobody available. It's Alex Caruso. And that's about it. As far as guys that anyone would know that's available to play right now. So does Alex Caruso not hang out with anybody on the team? Not invited is he to the, the party. Is he the unpopular guy? 
the one guy because health and safety protocols don't necessarily mean you've tested positive for the coronavirus. No, it just means right? you've been exposed to it. You've been exposed to it uh, under whatever. And so you can have yeah. you know whatever it is three straight days. It's how LeBron came back so quickly of, of negative tests, yeah. and you can get back in and, and be just fine. Well, but clearly, you've been around enough guys that you can't. We know who the introvert on the team is, Ben. <laughs> the Carlos Boozer of the team. <laughs> we know the the guy it, that doesn't like it anybody. The Lakers or was it Chicago? Where he didn't get invited to the there's the whole team photo and it doesn't feature Carlos Boozer and he was like what the I hell don't remember this story oh yeah really? Carlos Boozer has a great story I think it was the Lakers they all went out to a party and they have a whole team photo and Boozer's not there and he was like what wasn't even invited to the party <laughs> oh that's I feel so sad for him he was a weirdo though strange person very I, I love booze I, he's you know he's one of the 10 greatest players in jazz history probably but there is a funny group of him not being in a team photo at one of his stops which is makes total sense he uh he definitely has one of those uh those well it's not hard to put the pieces together kind of stories in his career because he went to chicago remember ben and he missed his debut with the Bulls the next year because he had a, a what did they call it, a boxer's fracture or whatever yes. on his on his hand and yep. he said he tripped on his gym bag and you're like you trip on your gym bag or or did you punch someone or something and then shortly it was like days after it was like two days after or something like that it came out that uh, Carlos and his former wife Cece were getting a divorce yeah. and it was like that's a guy who got divorce papers who punched a, a stud a bad yeah, fall punched over a, wall. a gym bag <laughs> that guy that guy got the divorce papers and and uh, shut the door and then punched the wall and yep. hit the stud yeah that's right. what that guy did <laughs> yeah didn't go through the drywall. <laughs> Oh, man. Stay tuned. We'll have more Jake and Ben coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jake and Ben, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you for making us a part of your day. I greatly appreciate it. We greatly appreciate it. It's the second time I've done that. I don't appreciate it. (laughs) Having a tough day, Ben. Yeah? It's my first day. Uh, No, I've just got this story in front of me that I am all of a sudden got distracted with. Uh, Chicago police are investigating a smash and grab robbery at the Gold Coast Exotic Motors dealership. Mm. Uh, Stealing cars? No, but apparently they stole like watches. I would have thought cars, but I don't know. I I should bring this up. What do you think is the best thing to steal? Like cars are horrible. Like I've seen Gone in 60 Seconds. It looks really difficult to do. Oh, man. Organs. You think organs are great to steal? You know, I bet it's hard. There's a lot of them. It's the nice thing. Like, and by the way, I'm talking about like the the piano like thing, organs. <laughs> oh, yeah, I thought you meant like about, kind of no, kidney like, out while like someone's zonked you, out. If you can get yourself into the the tabernacle over there, man, you could be you could be on easy street. Again, it's the you hard part I mean? of being an art thief is like people are going to recognize it. You're like, yeah, I have a 15 piece organ. But that's the thing is, you sell it to people that want Correct. that art for that reason. Correct. Uh, I thought you were talking about human organs, and I was like, "Well, yeah, that's well, I great." Was talking about human organs, hearts, but then you know, organs, lungs. It's got another, yeah, right. It, you know, you 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 drug people, and they wake up in bathtubs. It's, watches it's are easiest, good, though. Yeah. Jewelry and watches are pretty good. Now, it can't be so specific that, like, oh yeah, I know that that's you know his skull, his diamond encrusted skull that he wears around his neck all the time. Like it, it becomes obvious at that point. But like watches, probably pretty easy to steal and resell. I would imagine that's probably a pretty good business. And then stealing it from a car dealership, smart. Don't break into the Rolex store. Like, they know how to deal with people stealing watches at the Rolex store. I bet you the car dealership is not great at protecting their watches because they're supposed to be protecting their Ferraris. But they also have the, you know, the the, the fancy watch to try and say, like, we'll throw in this $4,000 watch when you buy this quarter million dollar Maybach. And they're like, oh, great. What a deal. So you steal the add-on. You steal the throw-in. 
That's smart. That's that's good criminaling. When I worked good at criminality. Uh, when I worked at Sears, been throughout my time there, there were a variety of people that were fired for stealing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably something that uh, you, you deal with when you own a retail business, I'm sure. And they spent an incredible amount of money on security and all that sort of stuff. So most everybody who I would assume was stealing got caught. At Hard some to point. know. But it, it was funny the range of sophistication when it came to the theft that was occurring at work. I was I was surprised at a lot of the lack of sophistication. There was one guy that was just taking cash right out of the till and putting it into his pocket. <laughs> Merry it's Christmas. Like, how are you? Yeah. How do you think? Like, well, I guess you know, not gonna, not gonna notice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Come on. I was just. <laughs> how would they know? How would they know? <laughs> you know what? Who steals the most is like servers. Really? Now, to be fair, they make two dollars an hour yeah. plus tips. Well, how do you but, steal? What are they uh, swiping dinner rolls? So or I something? knew a guy. This is just so grim that it, I probably shouldn't be saying some of this stuff. But it's a midday radio what, show. Right, it's not what do I do it. anymore. Let's get loose. Ben. So like. Certain places, a lot of like hotels are notorious for doing this. Like you get a voucher for breakfast. You don't just get the continental breakfast. Some places make you show like a voucher to be like, hey, I am actually staying in the hotel. Some make you show your key card, but that's easy. You can just hold on to the key card uh-huh. like, and just come back for dinner a thousand times. So they give you a voucher that's for a specific date. So what you do is this, the, people don't actually know if that voucher gets used unless the server turns it in. So somebody comes in. Let's say there's two families that come in. One's staying at the hotel, or they're both staying at the hotel. One pays with cash, and one pays with the voucher. Well, you just never... They don't know that two families came in. So you just pocket the people who paid for cash for the breakfast, and then you just say they paid with the voucher, and then no one knows that the other family came in that used the voucher. You understand what I'm saying? I do. So it's like, yeah, they don't know that two families came in. You say there was only one dinner made, because the line cooks... Are not counting how many dinners, how many breakfasts they've made, especially if it's buffet style. Then nobody knows. So yeah, they come in, they get the buffet, they pay with a voucher. The next people pay with cash, and you just say, "Nope, there was only one breakfast served, and it was paid with a voucher, and I got the eighteen dollars in cash for the buffet." And you pocket that. Way to go, Ben! Some some hotel worker out there is listening, like, "Yeah, oh, has a horrible brilliant. Christmas." What? Yeah, or they're doing the opposite. They're saying you're ruining my scam. Like, right? The manager's listening now, and now they're going to crack. They down know. On that. I know. We have, vou- we have vouchers at our hotel. I wonder if this is happening to us. Yeah. Way to go. Also, dude. you know, you have to count the drinks as you pour them in Salt Lake City. They've got the little count measure. Uh-huh. Well, that's just a magnet. So you got to be careful with people who are carrying magnets to work with them that are bartenders that are opening up the drinks without ever actually counting that the drink has been poured. And then it becomes really hard to measure how much alcohol is going out the now door. Now we're talking about breaking laws, Ben. Well, Even now you're talking – oh, yeah, for sure. But that's – that's common criminality that exists around the, the entire world. I mean, you're talking about it. It's happening at Sears. It's happening all around you. I'm stealing stuff from this studio all the time. Just constantly. Just whatever. Right. You leave it. DJ, you leave something. I've got it. Thumb drives, garbage cans, headphones. Audio processors. Audio processors. <laughs> Black market audio processors. <laughs> Remote equipment. Did you ever hear that story? Did you ever meet Ben Russell? He was yeah uh, I did yeah when I in, first year as an intern he was uh, he was running the board for, for Locke he's uh, an engineer he's he was our station engineer for a long time right. he he actually started out doing uh, doing remotes and taking remotes and that sort of thing and he took the van home one night uh-huh. and parked it in his driveway and lo and behold somebody broke into the van and oh. takes the at the time they were called tie lines but the remote equipment right, right. and this was. 15 years ago. So, I mean, the technology has come a long way since then. But anyway, these these big cases Huge. full of radio equipment. Yeah. Well, lo and behold, a month later, we get a call from a pawn shop in New York. Yes. 
Wow. That uh, it had made it all the way across the country. Wow. A, pa- a pawn shop in New York called us because there's only like, I mean, the, you, the only way you can use this equipment is if you have the the component Correct. on the other end. Correct. So it's not like just so work independently normal as normal person could has any sort of use for this equipment. And there's probably only like a couple of thousand of these in existence. Right. So they looked at the thing of the serial number. They're like, oh, well. This is obviously stolen, and we know exactly where it's stolen from. We got our remote equipment back. Oh, good. Yeah. That's fun. I don't know if anybody my, got arrested. But. I'm still waiting for my bike to come back. I'm not, not holding my breath. Bikes are tougher. There's a lot bikes more bikes yeah. out there. Organs, bikes, those are good things to steal. Organs. Watches. I'm telling you, organs. Organs. Just, it's it's really easy. Man, you meet somebody at a bar. <laughs> Never mind. This isn't even funny. <sighs> it's kind of funny. I thought the organs joke where you're actually stealing organs. I thought that was kind of funny. Like organs, like the, the Phantom of the Opera type organ. Yeah. The Farfisa. The spinet, as they call it. Farfisa? I never even heard that oh, word it's before. a brand of organ. Hmm. Hey, <laughs> real quick before we get out of here. You don't know ben. your organs? <laughs> no, I don't. What? Uh, what do you think about uh, BYU quarterback versus BYU quarterback yesterday in the uh, – you want to know what my takeaway in was? The NFL, you want to know yes. what my real takeaway was? Tyler Huntley's the best local quarterback in the NFL. Tyler was great yesterday. Tyler Huntley's the best quarterback in the NFL from the state of Utah. Locally, right now. I get that Taysom can run, and he had two rushing touchdowns. Like, he's hard to plan for. If I'm starting a franchise and I need a quarterback, I'm taking Tyler Huntley. Tyler Huntley yesterday, 27 to 38, 270 yards. And, and he's not so. taking first team reps. All these other guys are taking first-team reps. He's getting no reps because Lamar Jackson's supposed to be the guy, even though it sounds like... I mean, he got carted off the field with that ankle injury. Yeah, he might be hurt. Tyler might be the guy. Good for Tyler. Is there any better situation? Nope. Take over the last... Was it three weeks left in the season? Four weeks left? I mean, there's only a couple weeks Uh, left. A probable playoff team? What are the Ravens now? Eight Uh, and five? I mean, who cares? Better yet, don't make the playoffs. Play the fewest number of games and go cash out. Yeah. Go make... Go Carolina. have some good games. Go and, make yeah. Carolina give you $50 million this offseason to be their starting quarterback. Man, that would be great for him. So that's what I'm rooting for. Yeah. Have Seattle trade Russell Wilson and need a quarterback and go invest in Tyler Huntley. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, Zach Wilson did not throw a touchdown. He was bad. Taysom Hill was better. But the Jets are so Taysom bad. Taysom Hill had good numbers, but the Jets are atrocious. It's it's unfortunate for Zach Wilson. I mean, he's just in a, in a horrible situation. And certainly I would say Tyler Huntley's probably playing on the best team. But he he lives up to it. He comes out there and he plays well. He's so much better than I ever expected him to be. Well, I I like it that um, that uh, the the Ravens and I think he plays for the best coach. I mean, we could talk about that with uh, with John Harbaugh. But they saw his game and they selected him specifically because of the way he plays. Yeah, and I think that's see that's the problem with Zach Wilson is he gets taken by the Jets and it's just a dreadful fit because Correct. it's the Jets. Correct. This is the perfect fit for Tyler Huntley right. because and for Baltimore for that matter because they don't have to change the offense. Right. But he's even not overcome like he was a practice squad guy his first year. Yep. Like he's overcome adversity and worked his way up and now he's a legit number 2 who's probably starting this weekend. Awesome. And he, he plays well. When he's out there he doesn't make the mistakes he used to. He still can't slide. 
It's hilarious. He had the one play yesterday. They were playing Cleveland. They lost 24-22. He has the play where he looks like Lamar Jackson. I mean, he's juking everybody. Yeah, yeah. He's making guys miss. And at the very end, he tries to slide, and it still looks like he's going to break both of his knees every time he slides. He just does not do it gracefully at all. He kind of hits the ground and rolls. It was amazing to watch that Like some things never change. Well, you worried about him when he played at Utah because that turf is a lot less forgiving than sliding on, say, grass. But um, it, we've talked about this before. He's an easy guy to cheer for. Super easy. Getting getting to know him a little bit while he was at Utah, um, and even like you've talked about, which I think is a dead on spot. It you should celebrate people, especially young people, who challenge themselves in a new location, in a new place, and bet on themselves and have success that comes out of it. And you can't say any more about the Hollandale trio of kids that did exactly that. Yep, totally bet on themselves, and it's paid off. Ben, enjoy your day, sir. I'll uh, talk to you tomorrow. Jazz practice next. Well, I mean, Scotty and Scotty are next. But I'm going to jazz yeah. practice. Enjoy. <laughs> I just could announce what I'm doing next every day now. Stay tuned, 97.5. Thanks, Megan. 1280 The Zone. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.